I'm Maddie. And I'm Ryan, and I'm drinking tea and almost choked on it. Hey. Welcome. What's up? Welcome, Welcome to a relaxing evening with Ryan and Maddie as they just watched an episode of X-Men the Animated Series, because this is a podcast where we watch every adaptation of the X-Men and tell you whether it's good or bad, skippable or watchable, and this week... Probably a skip, but we watched it. (laughs) I mean... (laughs) Back when we were young, we experienced a change. We felt a power grow in us, both wonderful and strange. The power to care about the X-Men and the mutant brotherhood. All of their adventures... We sure did watch an episode of this show. We watched I, it's, something. It's not as bad as some of the bad, really bad episodes that we've covered. But no, it's not. I it mean, could, it, it could have been a lot worse. But by it's the a end mildly of the episode, I was like, oh, it turns out everything we just watched it didn't matter. You know how sometimes yeah. you finish an episode of this show and it's just like, oh, well, I guess we're back to square one again. And everything that happened in this episode. We just wasted 20 minutes in Antarctica again. I mean, essentially. Except this time we wasted 20 minutes in Russia, of all places. Oh my god. I don't even, like, what time, what, like, fucking time period was this happening in? Because it's supposed to be, like, the 90s, but, like. No, I know. But all the Russian characters look like they're living in, like, 1911 or something. (laughs) I mean, because they're wearing like yeah. cute little headscarves and stuff and like full well, length dresses and stuff like that. You know what? Be ready, everyone, for the X-Men to single handedly <laughs> end all the wars. Between... Get ready for the X-Men to be involved in an international incident that for some reason, like no government is involved in. Whatever. Yeah. We need to summarize this episode. I don't because... even know. Okay, so hold on. This episode is called Red Dawn. Which and... is also the name of like an anti-communist propaganda movie from the 80s that was rebooted yeah. in like the 2000s at one point that I haven't seen. I like watched part of it in a history class once. I don't know why our history teacher showed it to us. But <laughs> I mean, there was probably a reason, but like, well... you know, when you're in school and you just don't give a shit. You know, I was thinking about that class a lot as I was watching this because I did actually take a college class about like the rise of the Soviet Union. Like I did learn about a lot of this stuff and the Soviet Union didn't dissolve. I had to look all this up before the show because it's actually relevant to this fucking episode. The Soviet Union didn't dissolve until 1991. And before that, it was like the Cold War where, you know, the United States was constantly worried about the Russians bombing us and spying on us. Like you remember all that shit. Um, Yeah. So that's why we have characters like Omega Red and also the Winter Soldier, who's essentially the exact same character as that, who is like, you know, facing off against these all-American heroes. Like, I would go ahead right now know? and say the Winter Soldier is 
far more interesting oh, than Omega God, yes. Red. I have never liked Omega Red. Omega it's just Red like is so like a fucking boring. Winter Soldier. Like I kept thinking about the Winter Soldier while I was watching this episode, and I also kept thinking about like I don't even know my Russian history class and being like, wow, I sure don't remember any of that at all. Like, the, yeah, all those, <laughs> I don't remember all those the X Men ending war in Russia. All those, all those textbooks I I skimmed and like barely focused on at all. I it would have been helpful if I had any context for this episode but hey guys i I skimmed a wikipedia page for you that's what you're gonna gonna say you did the right thing you did your research before you started (laughs) i at one point tried researching whatever the fuck omega red says his like armor's made of because i wanted to know if it was a real metal but i couldn't even fucking spell it so i don't know yeah i'm not sure either but i do know that omega red's uh tentacle things that he has are made out of adamantium which is why he's able to defeat wolverine i looked that up well, I'm glad you did, because that was not explained in this episode. Okay, it's we're not. not even at this part. Know, bro, know, you and I, I are like, can somebody explain to us what we would just watch? Because now we have to explain it to you guys, and we don't I even know, know what to do. say. I know. Like, this, the- is what, this is what already happened last week, where we watched an entire episode and then had to, like, Google 60 things and be like, okay, guys, <laughs> I mean, there was, like, a you. tangible story being told, at least, with, like, Storm. I know. This week, it's just, like shitty version of captain america winter soldier except like (laughs) it's so much shittier that i hesitate to even make that comparison but whatever okay previously on the x-men all right so we get to see a whole bunch of the friends of humanity nonsense that was happening in the other episode Mm -hmm. so we see them like of humanity if this is your first time listening to this show and you aren't familiar with x-men at all then the friends of humanity are basically like the kkk or neo-nazis in terms of anti-mutant bigots and so we get a little refresher course in the previously on of them so i was actually assuming this was gonna be a friends of humanity episode but it's not me too turns out they're not (laughs) in this at all Yep. But anyway, so the Friends of Humanity are bombing a bunch of buildings. They kill that mutant. We get to watch that mm-hmm. again. We get to watch the rally where they were going to kill some Jubilee. Hate crimes. Yep. Yeah. Uh, then we get to see Morph screaming about how he's evil and that he's going to fuck with Wolverine's mind in a mm-hmm. mine shaft and they're going to have sex. And then also we see Xavier. Come up in this episode. Nope, does not. Also, what doesn't come up is Xavier Magneto making out in the Savage Land and then yeah. them being like, we're going to make it. And we watch them die a second time. So, I know, but they don't die. Well, okay. So well, Zayn we don't know. Magneto have been set up on a blind date by Mr. Sinister next to the Savage Land, which is like this remote magical island that causes Xavier to suddenly be able to walk again. And also Magneto and Xavier don't have their mutant powers for some reason. Oh, and they haven't figured you know out what? why yet. I, I just lied to you all. I said they're not in this episode, but I forgot that this no, is where the episode started. The because the very beginning. We get like a We make a jump scene. here, guys. Like it goes from like the Savage Land to Russia. And it's just like, jump cut with no explanation i know like basically the first it's not it's longer than a minute actually because i forgot about the fucking dinosaur so so now now we get the first scene of the episode which is not going to have any bearing on any other plot in the entire rest of the episode but it's here for some reason i think we're supposed to be taking this journey with magneto and professor xavier as a side story like yeah, throughout but it's the not entire like we're flashing season. back and forth. Like, I feel like in the previous episode, it was kind of cool how they, like, sort of had those three plots happening at the same time, and they kind of kept cutting back and forth between them. Even though they didn't have anything to do with each other, it was, like, pretty good how they did it. In this episode, they just have, like, a five-minute scene where Xavier and Magneto, and then we never see them again. And then it's yeah. Russia for the next 15 minutes, and then we're done with the episode. <laughs> and I'm so, like, okay, that's I mean, one way I guess, to write it. I guess you could watch the beginning of this episode and that is 
part of the canon in order to watch the episode, but you can stop after the Savage Land. Honestly. I don't even know if you need this, but we'll we'll let the listener decide and we'll we'll tell them what All right. happens. So, so basically, Xavier pulls Magneto. Waterfall. Yep, and Xavier's <laughs> pulling Magneto out of the water, and there's literally first shot. It's just like a them rainbow. crawling out. I was gonna say a rainbow. <laughs> there's a fucking rainbow over them, and I was like. Was that intentional? Yes. I hope so. I sure hope so. Yes. There's a beautiful rainbow because they're on a date together. And then Magneto awakens from half drowning and turns to Xavier and is like, Charles, I just don't even know why you put up with me. Why haven't you killed me? And they have this weird conversation where Xavier is like, it would not give me satisfaction to kill you, Magneto, for reasons. And I'm like, you guys are so fucking gay. It's You guys are so ridiculous. Like, Magneto. (laughs) is like the emo boyfriend that you're dating Mm -hmm. in high school pretty much that's like oh you should just let me die oh i should be in a corner and dead as a corpse and xavier's like the goody two-shoes gay who's like dating the goth kid or anyway Mm -hmm. i definitely was the goth kid in that relationship I mean, when I was in high you know, school, weren't we all? And then you grew up, and now you're still Magneto to this day. Just, yeah, pretty just much. searching for your pious Xavier. Except, don't. I got you know you what? I'm better. not gonna date Xavier. Like, Please seriously. Don't. Anyway, don't also don't date a dinosaur because that's who shows up immediately. Yeah, they're interrupted by like date. a T Rex just showing up, like. Casually. Yeah, I don't even know. They run around, and for some reason, Xavier like doesn't know how to escape the T Rex. I guess. But don't worry, because Magneto has, has a like... crazy plan that makes no fucking sense, and I don't know how he figures any of this logic out. I don't either. He, they're like by some geysers that look kind of like volcanic geysers, or like yeah. you know. Uh, hot air spewing out of the ground but like it's volcanic so it's hot enough to like really burn you right and so magneto um, screams keep the geyser between us which i thought was a metaphor for their dicks erupting but whatever <laughs> i mean maybe it is there's no way to know <laughs> and so magneto starts throwing rocks at the dinosaur and xavier's like what the fuck are you doing and magneto's like i'm not gonna die out here or whatever he says yeah and something he like tricks that the dinosaur into leaning over the geyser like just as it's about to erupt but how could he have possibly known when the geyser or was about to erupt like, i don't know i mean is this like one of those things that were since he can control metal he can feel but he doesn't have his mutant powers right now so he oh, shouldn't yeah. be able well, then to I don't tell know. anything you know what this whole scene was sloppily written let's be real it, it really was and shows <laughs> the rest of the episode tips hat good day smash cut to russia so oh we're in God. a warehouse with a bunch of crazy futuristic machinery in a cryogenic chamber with a mysterious figure in it and some guy speaking Russian. Oh, my and being God. Like, this is where my notes start going. What's happening? What is happening? I still don't know what's happening. What's <laughs> happening now? What's happening? <laughs> well, it's I mean, the answer is really boring, I guess. So so they wake up Omega Red. I don't really know why. I mean, I guess. So I mean, this show sort was in of the nineties. I was hoping you would know because I, I Here's really was like a half-ass really... explanation of like half-remembered college classes that I took like ten years ago. Forgive me, listeners. So like, if the Soviet Union was dissolved, they had to let go of all their countries that used to be part of the Soviet Union. So now it's just Russia. But there are all these old Russian generals there who are like, we want the Soviet Union to come back for some reason, and in order to do that, we're going to bring back Omega Red, who's this super weapon. He's kind of like the Captain America of Russia, Captain Russia, uh, because he has like all these superpowers and shit. And 
tentacles made out of adamantium apparently and so they're going to wake him back up and then they're going to send him to all the countries that are no longer part of the soviet union anymore like all the countries that border russia and eastern europe and just conquer them essentially and like try to reform them back into russia again and like reform the soviet empire but like i don't know why they're doing that exactly i don't it's not explained really but that's their motivation i guess yeah and what purpose does omega red serve to them because they're like well we they have need this a weapon, weapon i guess but they already have all these tanks and also a bunch of robots i was like, gonna say there's rope i that's not explained where the robots they don't, are coming they don't explain from. the robots so suddenly they wake up omega red and then the next shot that we see is all these robots marching marching on i guess the russian people but I don't know. Maybe other Eastern European people. It's oh, not God. explained. I really we don't wish get any title it, oh, cards. I, maybe I, know, I, I know. should have like written here. down. I tried writing down the quotes, but and reading my quotes, and I wrote, Omega Red says, the leaders are weak. The Empire tried to shut me down away, but some shit about attacking. Like, that's all I wrote. I mean, I think he means <laughs> the original the Soviet Union shut him down because they realized they couldn't control him. That's yeah. the theme of this episode, is that he's like this uncontrollable super weapon, essentially. So they just kind of point him at people and he's just destroying cities and that's how i guess and he like marches into Soviet generals is like reforming yeah. power oh and also dark star shows i was up. gonna say i wrote dark star with a million question marks like yeah. what is happening so i guess we have to explain who dark star is because this show doesn't <laughs> like again like what the fuck okay so oh, a God. lot of these characters usually overlap with like avengers plot lines yes. in especially the especially dark star a dark star mm-hmm. is specifically sort of to the avengers in the 19th 80s yeah so i've i've read some old stuff with her in it but i don't know i wasn't expecting her to show up in this show i'd like forgotten about this (laughs) entire episode so like she usually is associated with like black widow and she originally works with all these old silver operatives but then she eventually changes her mind and is like i'm gonna work for the good guys and that's kind of her arc on this show but instead of working with the avengers she ends up working with the x-men which right. I, I don't think that's her original. I don't fucking know. Anyway, mm, no, not really. <laughs> we can talk about that later. I have I put some notes down for her, although she's not our spotlight X Men. Mm-hmm. So anyway, Darkstar is like this beautiful blonde Russian lady who is, for the moment anyway, working with the Soviets, and they want to wake up Omega Red, and she shows up and is like with no introduction is just like i don't think you guys should do that wasn't he really hard to control last time and they're like yeah pretty much it's fine you're like you're a woman you can't talk get out of here and And she's she's like like, fine and she like flies away into the sunset uh and that's pretty much the end of that because we cut to skateboarding down the road it's fantastic (laughs) i love it i it's i was like i wish i still okay so where is this version of Jubilee that people don't like from this show? It's still, like clearly know. not in seasons everyone, one or two. I think this is another scenario where people are just sexist and they don't like it when a female character does things because Jubilee I mean, I know, is amazing. I, she like, is, and I know that she gets slightly more annoying in the fifth season, but they all do. Like I watched a clip of the fifth season today just for like ha-has, yeah. and it was really fucking bad. bad so all right well yeah, then maybe it was like the, the animation problem. was really bad oh my god <laughs> i saw gambit and beast and their heads were like tiny in comparison to their torsos and i was like oh, no. what is happening <laughs> next year we're gonna get to that anyway, oh god um so, so skate so for now jubilee is still great she's she's skateboarding on like this pink skateboard and she's got like this pink helmet and pink knee pads i loved her entire outfit it was I mean, amazing i've seen you wear that before <laughs> 
like I, I have pictures. Yeah, uh, but I and... I rollerblade. I don't skateboard. Just for the record, I mean that's I'm true. Not I rollerblade too. I, I'm not I'm gonna skate. I always wanted to, but I always rollerblade. Skateboarding is instead. really hard, and apparently Jubilee's really good at it. And she's she's giving herself a little monologue about it's how so there's good. no food at the mansion, and so again. now she has to go and take care of herself again. So she's going to like a convenience store to get some junk food, and she sees some graffiti sprayed on the side of the store that says like "Destroy All Mutants" or something like that. And so, um, and she says this joke here. She says, "With friends of humanity, who needs enemies?" And it took me a second to get that. But oh, what she that is a joke. Is, I didn't even like these. Who needs I enemies? I get it. I, I know, get I know. it. And I was wow. like, "Wow, pretty good, pretty good." That is um, pretty good. So she takes down the graffiti with her powers, which I don't really know. What I don't she know. Means. I re- I don't know how she, that <laughs> should have blown up the wall I into know. the store, but okay. Okay. And so she goes inside and the guy who owns the convenience store is a Sikh and he's like wearing a turban and the Friends of Humanity guys are beating the shit out of him. And they're I w- screaming that and he's they're a calling mutant? him a mutant lover and stuff. I just thought it was interesting. I think it's interesting how they have a lot of times the the characters that the Friends of Humanity attacking are usually like marginalized people of some kind, like either right. people of color or women or both. So like, I just think it's an intentional choice on the part of the show so that you're kind of remembering like, oh, these guys are Nazis. But They're watching it now, I was like, this is again too real like yeah just, i know you know i was watching it and i was like okay so first of all they're screaming that he's a mutant and a mutant lover and he's just a dude yeah like that's it i know he's definitely a guy of color and they're just going after him for that and claiming that he's a mutant so they can do whatever I know. The fuck and i don't know want. if he is or not or if he just like knows mutants but anyway jubilee shows up and like tries to take on all these guys single-handedly and then they she does capture pretty good her. honestly she does but they capture her and they say we're gonna see you beg mutant which i thought was like really fucking dark like uh, yeah the- whatever whenever they're <laughs> around scene, i'm like I'm just, like i know i know it's, the friends of humanity are so, too real i know it's so much harder to watch these scenes now than it ever would have been like five in the 90s no we would have been like ha this isn't what the real world's like but now now it's just like oh shit cool just so basically we regress because that's what we do is like we make progress and then regress like way more than we progressed so i know i know but even when this was well whatever anyway then luckily colossus shows up (laughs) i gave you i wasn't expecting that i had to message maddie it was like Oh no, Colossus, Colossus is, here. is here. There goes the rest of the episode. I didn't remember he was in this episode. episode. Is when Colossus shows up, you go, oh, we're in a filler episode. Okay. Yeah, pretty much. And he's like still roaming America, like he's doing his little tour of the country that it was. He had started in season one. He's How just did wandering he even around. get to America? Like, what? Well, you know what? It's sort of explained in here. But, like, not very well. But not yet. It happens later. Uh, oh, I guess I missed it when he explained it. Anyway, so, so Colossus shows up. He helps beat up the, the Nazis, the Friends of They humanity. start throwing shit at him, and he goes, oh, so you want to play catch? <laughs> like, he says it very, <laughs> like, jauntily. He's always like this. Like, every time he fights anyone, he's like, this is fun. I mean, I'm this from is Colossus. Russia. You know, <laughs> I'm a Russian man. The older version of Colossus, not the current run of Colossus, because he's, he's definitely taken a much darker and serious turn as many of the x-men have recently but like but in this the 80s, version of him is like kind of a dumb jock type i mean he's he like... was definitely like the happy-go-lucky boy scout that's definitely what he used to be so i could see this coming out uh, out of him like i 
I get it. I don't, I didn't hate it. I just, I was like, why is this Colossus showing up as opposed to like Wolverine or something? But it, well, apparently they're all gone. So the Friends of Humanity (laughs) leave and Jubilee and Colossus, I thought they were going to make out the way that they had like positioned them, like the way they had animated them. They were like, Colossus is like a sexless, like metal man. Like he has like, no, he's just, I don't know. I can't even see him as a sexual entity on this show for whatever reason, because he like acts like a child. I I agree. And also I think it's super weird. Since Kitty pride is not on this show. I think a lot of the time they do the Kitty pride and Colossus stuff with Jubilee and Colossus instead. But then it's just like super weird to me. Especially How old since is Colossus the, supposed to actually be? Because he does act really young on this show. I mean, maybe he's still a teenager, but he's definitely like positioned in like as an adult. So I don't know. Like, it's kind of hard to tell how old anybody is on this show because all the X Men act like really young. So we've kind of been assuming yeah. that they're all like twenty one ish because that's how they act. But also, this was a kids show, so it's like maybe they're kind of immature for that reason. But I right. kind of like this idea that maybe Colossus is actually just like a teenager because I feel sure. like that would make me more forgiving of how slow he is. I, I mean, <laughs> maybe he's just, I mean, maybe that's just how he is. I do want to say that I was reading, uh, right now it's December of 2017 for any listeners that listen to this like way in the future, but <laughs> oh, basically God. all this stuff coming up about this animated X-Men, the animated series book by the, uh, yeah. by what, who was it? The, the story, not the storyboarder. I, the, um, I think it was one of the showrunners. Let me it see. It was one of the showrunners and he wrote this book. So all this new information has been coming out and they put Jubilee in this cartoon because Pride of the X-Men failed and they didn't want to bring back Kitty again after that. So she does sort of fill the role that Kitty would have played on this show. So that does mean that I think whenever Colossus shows up, you have to kind of look at it as Colossus and Kitty as opposed to Jubilee and Kitty. That makes I mean, a Jubilee lot more Colossus, sense. Sorry. Also, just for the record, um, the book we're talking about is called Previously on X-Men, The Making of an Animated Series, and it's by Eric Lewald, who was a writer and a producer for the show. Right. So, but, And so we haven't read it yet, but we want to. But it's it just is on my out, Christmas wish so list. So it's like $35. But... Go on my Amazon wish list and please get it for me. I will read it dramatically on here. <laughs> please do that for us. <laughs> um, okay, so Jubilee says... Lucky you were passing by. And Colossus is like, not luck. I was on my way to your mansion. I need the X-Men's help. So, like, I don't I know like where he was coming from. I like how your version of Colossus sounds like Count Dracula, but keep it up. Well, you know what? I, I cannot do Russian. I, I took German class. When we get to the Nightcrawler episodes, I am in for the German accent 100%. Oh, totally, totally. Anyway, uh, so they go to the mansion, and obviously Xavier is still gone. He's stuck in the Savage Land, and Jubilee is like, yeah, we don't know where he is. And that's who Colossus was trying to find because he wants help, but... Cyclops is in Washington with Gene and Beast because they're testifying before Congress on the mutant question because I guess Xavier wasn't around to to talk to the government about I that. I mean, honestly, better it's them than Xavier. So I know, right? I God. would rather like fucking Scott try and be the yeah, diplomat. Yeah, and Gene and Beast. Like, that's a pretty good trio Well, I mean, people. I agree, but in this universe, Beast has like not been seen in like a <laughs> nice light at all. So 
I know, because he was just in jail and everything. But yeah. he is he is pretty good at like giving speeches and stuff, so who knows? Anyway, he is. we don't get to see any of that, sadly. I don't know, but then, so then Colossus says that he needs help now, and he can't wait for anybody to return because he needs to get to his country, to which I wrote, well, what the fuck have you been doing all this time? Yeah, but whatever. I know. I wanted to know like how he got there. Like, Did he just get on a flight? Because when we get <laughs> back to Russia, what we see is that Moscow is like in ruins. Like, I'm skipping ahead, but... But I'm like, what the fuck is happening? And like, why isn't any Dude, other it's government like in the intense. world talking about what's happening there? I don't like, know. They're too busy discussing the mutant question. So Jubilee's like, I'll go with you. And so she leaves a note for the X-Men, which I think it's is hilarious. adorable. It is such a teenage thing to do where she's like, going with Colossus to Russia to stop some evil terrorist named Omega Red. Dinner's in the fridge. Have a nice day. It's and that's the like, funniest note ever. And she just leaves on the fridge and like runs off with Colossus. And then she flies one of the planes. Oh my God. It's so good. We just see like this spaceship plane fly out of the X-Mansion. It like almost gets hit by a train because she flies it into like a train tunnel. Which and she's like why? spinning it around. Colossus is I don't know. Like, I didn't know you could fly a plane. And she's like, I've flown it a billion times in the simulator and like is fucking terrible at, at driving the plane in real life. But anyway, <laughs> it's, it's funny. I enjoyed it. So they get to Moscow and Moscow is like on fire, like completely it's destroyed. Like the entire country is gone. It's just like, cause they keep on it's going wild. to other cities and like everything's just decimated. It's in, it's like the post-apocalypse i don't remember that but, being but like what like happens in, in this, history in this version of x of the x-men world apparently russia is just completely fucking destroyed and like presumably all these other countries that border russia like omega red is just I, destroying I don't know. a huge it's section like, of the planet it, it's no not just omega red because there's fucking robots and tanks just blowing shit up like they're just shooting shit there's like people screaming and running away it's yeah what I, yeah, okay. I don't know. I'm I don't sorry know. No if I don't know cares. my history well enough. I know that well, everything Brian, with this... why didn't you why don't you remember in 1995 when Omega Red destroyed Russia? At least you what? went to class. Like I didn't major... even do that. Like I skipped so I could read comics. But anyway. I know. I don't think this was in the comics either. Like I don't think this was. I, this is just like all nonsense. So anyway, this is, class this is... is like we were free, but so much for that. And Jubilee is like, but everyone's gone. And then we get to cut to Omega Red, who's, like, breaking into what I presume is the Capitol building of some kind. Yeah, but there's only, like, four people in there. And it's apparently Parliament, because he, like, starts trying to kill everybody, because his power, he has, like, a billion powers. He can make people sick by, like, hitting them with his tentacle thingies. So he, like, hits this guy with his tentacles, who I guess is, like, one of the members of Parliament. And then Darkstar shows up again. Yeah. And she's, like hey you weren't supposed to actually kill all the people in parliament you were just supposed to disband it and like take over the country and he's like fuck you i do what i want and like (laughs) keeps killing these guys he's like well first of all there's a part here where one of the dudes is like you can't be in here you can't do that and like you're i would not be screaming that this is this giant like 10 foot like robot man came stomping into the room but whatever (laughs) you you wouldn't be like excuse me sir yeah pretty much i would be (laughs) like excuse me but you have to wait outside the door uh and so anyway omega red has this whole speech and i just like i didn't write any of it down i didn't write it down because i didn't care either basically Um, i wrote that omega red wants to become a dictator himself like mm -hmm. that's what i'm getting here that's basically the vibe yeah is that i don't fucking know i i can't even finish that sentence because i don't care he said something about wanting to like the original country 
wants the return of a rule of an iron hand, but he'll rule it with his own iron hand. I don't, you know, it's he should have said like, like iron tentacle or something. Because I mean, tentacles. that would have been funnier. It I would have been, been down for that if I had written this episode. Anyway, Wolverine um, would have so been Colossus into that too. Colossus and Jubilee head on over to Colossus's hometown, and his home has been completely destroyed. Yeah. And we it's like in... get a flashback here to yeah. Colossus, which we actually talked about Colossus on that episode way back when. Colossus is a backstory where he's saving Ileana from the tractor, and that's when his powers manifest. He's saving yeah, his little sister, Ileana. We, we get talked to see about it in it. action, yeah. Yeah, we, saw it. we talked about it on the Colossus spotlight, but we get to visibly see it here on the cartoon right now. So we also get like a flashback of like how the farm actually used to look really good, and there were a bunch of people like working the farm and stuff. And then I didn't quite understand this. He says something about how he had to leave his family because like being a mutant was too attention grabbing or something for the I, government. It was like, it was I didn't, like, like understand what he meant by that, but okay. So, all right, I'm going to try and dissect this a little bit. So first of all, in the actual canon of the Marvel universe, the government does at one point come and kidnap Ileana to make use of her powers. So I think the implication here is that Colossus is saying that the government will come and use them if they know that they have mutant powers and, that he'll come and like kill his family if they if he doesn't cooperate with them. So he just chose to leave because in the comics, Ileana, this happens to Ileana, where she has these powers and the government comes and kills their family to like mm-hmm. use her powers. In and this so that, version, though, she isn't shown to have powers yet. No, not However, in this episode. No, she never comes back ever again. Oh, it's pretty really? annoying. Oh, yeah, that sucks. It's, it's such a bummer. But anyway, so I think that also explains why Colossus is just roaming around the U.S. like aimlessly, because I'm I'm assuming that it actually does. Yeah, because I, guess I don't think never... it was originally written that way for season one. I think they were doing a fun one off because they wanted to use Colossus. But I think it's season two. They wanted to hatch that out a little bit more. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the quick, like subtle, like reasoning they're giving you here. That's that's what I pulled from that. Yeah. So anyway, we get back to the present day, and Ileana just hops out of the wreckage. Yeah, of the she's house. also completely okay. She's like she her is. clothes are fine. There's no burns on her. Because she's got then no she cuts. kind of explains it later by being like, "I was just hiding from the soldiers," and it's like, okay, so you weren't actually crushed under the rubble. You were just hiding under it, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, that pretty was how much. I interpreted I don't know. that line, but I don't know. It is super. I laughed really hard when she just popped out of the wreckage in like completely clean, perfect clothes, and was like, "Brother." I was like, That's by the way, the funny fellow X Men fans to to our fellow X Men fans, this is a very bizarre version of Iliada. Like, it, it I really mean, there's is. a very short period of time where she's a kid and she's kind of innocent in there, but even she's still, still kind of a kid even now. Like, she reads as a kid to me, or like Jubilee's age, maybe. Yeah, and she has zero powers. Like, yeah, it's kind of weird. So it's she's just, just like a all cute strange. little, like maybe teenage blonde girl. Yeah, she and then you have Jubilee in this episode to be like a damsel in distress, unfortunately. Pretty much, but... and Jubilee's being Kitty Pride, so it's just all mixed up all over the place. I know. Um, so anyway, anyway Jubilee so... says a great line here where she says. I sure hope the guys got my notes. So we know, cut to Wolverine coming home from, I don't know where, I guess fucking morph, but like, who yeah. knows? Uh, yeah, you're she, right. That probably is what he's coming home from. He was in Brazil. He had a long way to come home from. Yeah, pretty much. And he finds the note and he just reads it and he goes, Omega Red! And then he runs onto his spaceship and leaves. And like, that's the entire scene. I really it's liked not... this scene. I laughed really hard when he did that. And also like a fucking <laughs> like... cool song starts playing too. Okay, um, it's like literally sounds like the the startup, the Power Rangers theme. It's like, 
those guitar riffs yeah. are playing. I'm going to say that all the music in this was just pretty fucking great all it around. It was really great. It was probably the best part if of there's the episode. Any th- I was going to say, the only thing that saves the episode is the music. Mm-hmm. So back to Russia, where now everyone is going, or at least Wolverine is going. And luckily and there's like 60 And now even more shit's planes. on fire. Yeah. Um, so the next thing that happens is uh, they all go to this like work camp or like concentration camp or something. Some kind of prison area yeah. where... Everybody from Colossus's hometown has been kept, including his parents. And they take Ileana, I guess. And so they get there and there's like a bunch of tanks and like this huge tower with guys who have blasters. And like immediately they start being attacked. But Colossus is Colossus. Everyone's a robot, so by the way. The... They aren't people. They're all robots. Yeah, because, you know, it's it's okay to kill robots on a kid's show. I think so... that's the only reason why they're robots, to be honest with oh, you. Oh, totally. And it's also why they have blasters instead of real guns. Because I mean, that's you know, a given. But yes, yeah. of course. So. So everything's going great until all of a sudden Omega Red shows up and captures Ileana with his tentacles. Yep. yep. And he's like, he basically threatens that if they don't stop, he's going to kill her. But he's already killing her. So, I mean, it's yeah, a no, little I too know. late. And then who do we see? But Wolverine, he arrives on the scene. And yeah, okay. There's a, there's some good quotes here where Omega Red's like, Fools, you cannot stop me. And Wolverine's like, I can, you stupid octopus, just like last time. <laughs> Wolverine. Yeah, it's cool. And um, also... Immediately, he, by he the way, this... Go I was going to say, immediately he shoots out his tentacles and wraps yeah. it on Wolverine. And Wolverine immediately is like in a bondage scenario, like within seconds. I like, know, yeah. He has the line Wolverine... is, let me reintroduce you to my coils. I know, it's and so it's clear here, ridiculous. It's clear here that they already know each other. Like, they're sort of like this they're ex-boyfriend They're ex-boyfriends <laughs> again. I just... There's three functions of Wolverine on this show. Either he is fucking a dude... Mm-hmm. Or he's, like, crying about something in the corner and being super emo, or he's destroying shit. That's, like, the only facets of his personality on this TV show. And sometimes all at the same time on this episode, apparently. I, it's, like, every single time we watch the, an episode of this show, I'm, like, no wonder I assumed he was, like, at least, like, bisexual and I wanted him. Is that the way they pose him on the show really makes it seem that he's, like, fucking literally everyone. That's mm-hmm. that's what or I'm getting. Or like has fucked everyone because it's like he's got history with everybody that they meet. It turns out. I mean, anyway. he just he's that old, guys. Yeah. So uh, they all fight each other. I didn't bother writing down all the beats of this, but I did think uh-huh. it was really funny at one point when Colossus just throws a tank on Omega yeah. Red and it lands like perfectly funny. on him. And just the way that it's shot is like so fast that it, it like made me laugh. There well, was some good also, animation and editing freeze- in this. Well, Wolverine freed Ileana, and after mm-hmm. that whole scene, Ileana's like, the reason why Colossus is throwing the tank is to free Wolverine, because Ileana's like, I'm fine, but first, you must save the one who saved me. And I was like, <laughs> what is this line? It's really bad. You know, it's bad. So anyway, it turns out Ileana and Colossus's parents are perfectly fine, and so is everybody else at the camp. Yeah, I mean, I guess so. And they're all free, and they all run away, and meanwhile, Omega Red is crushed under this tank, but he's like gonna be able to get out of it and wolverine is also like lying on the ground because he's just been poisoned by the coils and he, like, he still doesn't has... want help getting up for some i know reason. that's because he's still got like half a coil in his butt uh so i, I mean there's know. that it, he's he's going through something and colossus is like uh do you need help and wolverine's like no i got it i'm fine <laughs> but he like he can't get up and so colossus picks him up and is like you're my guest in this country so i will help you and it's like 
kind of weird. I didn't. Well, I also, know. it's just sort of like it's good manners, and if you go, like, it's like if somebody went over to your house, I guess. But no, you're I mean, like, I understand Colossus's line. I just didn't understand why Wolverine was refusing help. I was just like, what? I don't get this. No, joke. that's because Wolverine's Wolverine's a man. That's why. Oh, anyway, got it. All right. So uh, then so everybody's then, hanging out in the woods. Yep, Ju- uh, Julie's taking care of Wolverine, bandaging him up, and now his shirt's off. He never puts his clothes back on. Like, well, who they just, needs them? <laughs> I mean, I kind of like the look that Wolverine sports when he'll be like basically naked but still have the mask on. I know. I'm it's like, g- I'm kind of into it. Yeah. Uh, Colossus wants to know how Wolverine knows Omega Red. Mm-hmm. Wolverine has that. Not that this explains anything at all. It does. But Wolverine just goes, "Oh, we t- tangled with him in the past," and so we see like a little shot of a Captain America icon. Yeah. Uh, on the Omega Red machine, and Omega Red comes out. And then Wolverine and Maverick fight him, and Wolverine's like, he's indestructible, and that's the end of the flashback. And I'm like, but are you going to explain why you were <laughs> yeah, fighting him? Like, like what's this mysterious history? You just were like, you can't beat him. Like, that's it. <laughs> yep. Like, nobody really says what his motivations are. I mean, it's just kind of like Omega Red is like this weapon that can be pointed by anyone who wakes him up at anyone. But it's so I guess so like Winter boring. Soldier. Kind of, but I feel like the Winter Soldier, at least like Bucky's kind of self-aware and like that's where the more interesting parts of his character come in. But with Omega Red, he's just evil and there's no character at all. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's just self-aware enough to, he's just doing the apocalypse thing where he shows up and he's like, I'm just here to rule everything. Yeah, but it's so boring. I hate villains like this where they have no like interesting motivation at all. Anyway, then the Blackbird flies in. Oh yeah, this is great because the X-Men show up, we get some cool guitar riffs that mm-hmm. music picks up all the x-men walk out rogues well, like not all the x-men gene oh, and, yeah, right. and cyclops and beast are still in washington i guess but rogue gambit and storm, and storm. yep and rogues like we would have gotten here sooner but somebody trashed your note and storm's like jubilee you disappointed an order and put yourself and others in danger and jubilee's like but we need to help colossus and his country <laughs> and wolverine's like the kid's right we may not get another chance and i'm like how are the X-Men going to single-handedly end war in Russia? I, I would like to know. know. I don't know. And also, again, why is, like, no other country intervening? Like, I'm I'm not, like, pro-intervention at all, but, like, it's no, but crazy this is that like... the entire country is being destroyed by, like, <laughs> one mutant and a bunch of fucking robots, and every other country on the planet is like, this is fine. Russia's no, just like, on fuck fire. That. Like, I Russia know. and all the surrounding countries are on fire. You know what? The other countries are dealing with the mutant question that's true so, i just were they a little crazy. preoccupied okay anyway so then everybody turns around and a bunch of tanks are there yeah like they them. just nobody heard them coming including wolverine <laughs> I know. just a bunch of tanks are there but don't worry so is dark star yes she's just dark randomly star. in the sky i so she makes this force field this like magical purple force field that like stops the tanks from killing everybody and I think Colossus recognizes her when she lands and after yeah. she saves them. And he's like, she's working with the Soviet generals. And she's like, not anymore. I've realized they're evil now, but not before now. Not not before they released the evil robot. <laughs> yeah, I was I was on their side for all the other stuff. But just now I figured out that they're actually pretty bad. And I'm like, Darkstar, like what? <laughs> Oh, where, where were you all this time <laughs> like what were you doing anyway <laughs> also there's a part where rogue dumps a bunch of guys out of a tank and she's like come on out and be a little bit sociable and then like when they all are like disarmed she's like 
that's better sugar and i was like i love rogue in this show like, she's so amazing so she much gets, she doesn't get to do much in this episode but both of her lines were really funny i really we didn't talk about it but i liked her making fun of wolverine for throwing jubilee's note away and like not leaving anything for the x-men to find like, i know it's that so was super good funny i anyway. kind of love that like rogue is like kind of second in command in this cyclops has done nothing on this show but that's I know. fine i just like that rogue gets to be like funny and sassy because like a lot of times female characters don't get to be like the funny one but she's great and so is jubilee yeah. for the same reason anyway yep. um i think they go back into one of the cities it's not i guess maybe moscow it's not really established and they go back to a city and it's still on rune and jubilee's like we have to go take out the empire so storm creates like uh i don't know a, a wind and she screams whirlwind deliver yeah. them that's all she says and i'm like <laughs> Okay. <laughs> there's also there's okay. an animation panel in here somewhere where she says, Be gone and during that animation panel her eyes are like down by her mouth and then they move up to where her eyes are supposed to be. So I so, mean this is clearly a rushed episode like top to bottom, you know? Yeah. Well they had to animate that dinosaur. I mean they were really busy. Oh wait, there was like another thing I read that at some point in this I didn't even see it, but somewhere in this episode there's a scene here where they like didn't finish animating Wolverine's clothes, so it's just like his mask and his like blue underwear, and that's it. <laughs> that's really and it's funny. like it's like for a couple frames, and I don't know. You have to go look it up. You can All find right. it on like everybody Wikipedia. look up the, the scene where Wolverine's accidentally naked on the show. Anyway. I mean, like, that's kind of a big accident to make. But whatever. I know it is, or is it? Anyway, Ooh, uh, so he's then here Omega for Red Omega is Red there again. And yep. everybody fights him one on one. This is one of those classic X Men, the animated series things, where like each person approaches the villain one on one, and like can't Instead figure of, like, out that they all need with to approach plan. him at the same time because yeah. I don't know. So, I don't know. Like, first he lassos Gambit and Jubilee, and then Rogue saves them by punching him. But then he lassos Rogue and Wolverine, and Rogue ends up passing out, and Wolverine at least gets thrown off and is like briefly out of commission. And then Colossus individually walks up to him and tries to fight him, and it's like. Jesus it's Christ, ridiculous. There's like, there's some quotes here too. Like there's the part where Omega, Omega Red says, "Forgot about my cardamadium armor, didn't yeah, you?" Yeah. And I was like, "Is that a what real battle? That? I, I don't, don't know. fucking know." I tried googling it and like I couldn't even find anything that like I, maybe I'm saying it wrong. Somebody if listening to this, if you know what it is or he know, he definitely what it doesn't is. say adamantium. He says something that starts with C, and it does sound like cardamantium, it's, like you said. Yeah, that's what it sounds like to me. And I was like, "What the hell is that?" That's I not. Know. A, I maybe don't know that from the periodic table. Show maybe people will know what it is and they can write. I in. hope somebody does. Rogue also says, "Where did you come from, you tin squid?" Which I like. I liked that too. Also, I liked that rogue can't touch his tentacles with her hands and like get rid of him because they're just metal they're not really part of him i liked the well, fact that, not that, that was she like, tries we wouldn't she, know i thought she did try but i don't know i don't Maybe think she so doesn't. she still had her gloves on i don't think anybody tried <laughs> <laughs> it definitely doesn't seem like the x-men are trying as hard as they could be Meanwhile, like off to the side, Darkstar and Storm are just having this casual conversation about. Like, I, know, I thought the same thing. Like, like everybody just not... is fucking dying, and Darkstar walks up to Storm and she's like, "Mutant, you have the power to control the winds. Do you also have the power to control the cold?" And Storm just says, "Yes." <laughs> and that's it. And then Darkstar goes, "Well, we imprisoned him in cold before. Perhaps that would work again, or whatever she says." And Storm is just is like, "All right." <laughs> like, yeah, Storm's like, "I'm sky. gonna, I'm gonna make it like below freezing around one person that like 
in 10 seconds he's going to be a block of ice that's the extremity of her powers today yeah like uh, the, i don't think she has the power to do that but i guess she does so she this like this is like one of those situations where like they kept Iceman. on trying to yeah they keep writing around the fact that Iceman should be there i know but whatever so she makes all this snow and it's really funny that like this snow is what stops this guy because it's just uh, like yeah. really intense it's just snow. like i was it's kind of more like regular snow but all I right know, i know so he's like snow is falling and omega red is like no <laughs> for some reason that was really funny to me um and so colossus is like briefly holding on to him and being like it's working storm the snow is making him weaker which again still very funny to me because why the fuck would that work and then dark star telekinetically like uses her purple force field stuff to get colossus out of there and storm freezes omega red and then he's frozen in a block of ice yeah and, and that's how that happens alana and, and colossus hug each other for the billionth time this episode and are like it's us again hugging i know alana, i think she says something she's like oh piotr you've done it and i'm like colossus didn't do anything for this episode so far except hold omega red down while everyone else did the rest of the work that's it Ugh, whatever, whatever. I mean, I guess he did something by going and getting the X-Men. I mean, that's true. But, like, he was already there anyway since he was wandering. How does... Where does Colossus get money? He's just been wandering the country. I, you well, know what? he was working as a construction worker briefly, so he got money oh, that way. Oh, that's true. You know, and back in the 90s, working, like, a 40-hour a week was enough to pay for, like, three weeks. Yeah. But, you know. Like, also, he's, like, super strong, so he's probably just, like, doing odd jobs. Like, I don't know. Pretty much. I so then it goes it. back to where all the remaining soviet leaders that yeah, are like they think they've re- in a room and i wrote this down because they have one line and the line is soon it will be as it was and then dark star <laughs> runs in and says it will never be as it was <laughs> and i was like i love how just... that is the extent of the motivation that's described to <laughs> anyone in this episode is like soon it will be as it was like what the fuck does that even mean like i <laughs> It's, it's those like, are literally the lines by the way it's like the strangest retelling of like russian history i've ever heard nope this all really happened guys oh yeah you're right it did especially the part where dark star came and like threw a magical bubble around the leaders and pulled mm-hmm. away we don't know where they went i know so i guess she just killed them i don't know i don't know and then oh, we so come anyway. away from that scene back to colossus again oh god and we get wolverine hitting on colossus very briefly he's like you know colossus you can come back to the x-men and stay with me in my room and colossus <laughs> is like no i must stay here with my country and jubilee's like well come visit and i'll fly us over and colossus is like maybe <laughs> and then all the x-men like get on a jet and fly away and iliana this the ending lines of this episode were by far the most bizarre bullshit that i've seen throughout the whole episode where iliana turns around and she goes oh piotr is the terror finally over and colossus goes yes because the x-men stopped the entire war and i was like <laughs> what yeah, they didn't say the entire part. He's just like, yes, they did yes, it. The and I was X-Men like, did it, and that is what is important. It wasn't even like the friends. full X Men. It was like five of them, maybe. I know. Gambit didn't even have lines. <laughs> yeah, all the Gambit did in this episode was show up and get strangled by a tentacle, and then like <laughs> throw a couple of. I mean, it is as Gambit, so you know it's what Gambit I does. I don't know. <sighs> what to say about any of this it was, it was I, actually a perfect one-to-one recreation of the dissolution of the soviet union and i have no complaints about it um On that so note, you know what i yeah <laughs>
politics here are that like they're not correct i mean the politics are just straight up wrong but i mean i think it is also worth noting just how dated this part of the show is because we do talk a lot about how this show still holds up when it comes to some politics like obviously the friends of humanity scene still resonates today but i just want to say first all of this stuff about like russia this particular version of russia is not the version of russia that we might be scared about today it is like this comical post cold war version of russia that like spawned characters like winter soldier and omega red which are like these very specific like soviet operatives coming in and killing our heroes wolverine and captain america and like it's such a weird version of the world to go back and look at i i mean it, it's a it's weird to look at in general but then the show kind of intensifies and makes it so much more bizarre than you I would know. even like look back and think i just i, it, I think it's also like very pro-america and like pro-imperialism to have this russian character like colossus not being able to figure out how to solve the unrest in his own country and having to go to america to find the x-men and being like america help me like that's i definitely definitely feel like like this plot line is supposed to be like a captain america story that's kind of how i feel like it i mean again it's like a shittier captain america winter soldier i mean it is canonical that wolverine omega red have some sort of like weird history and i think that's what they were pulling from but it I, is I don't yeah, know. yeah yeah i gotta say omega red is one of those characters that um production teams really like to go and revisit a lot because you will see omega red come back in x-men evolution and wolverine God. the x-men i and it's like and he comes back again on this show like people i i, I don't know who which people but somebody <laughs> likes omega red enough to keep on bringing him back into like every iteration of the cartoon so was he in marvel vs. capcom 2 I want to say that he was, but I don't think he actually was. I think I'm imagining that. Mm. I think you can imagine any characters in Marvel versus Capcom too, because there were like yeah, a million you're characters. Right. He was. He was. Okay, that's another example because Marvel versus Capcom two like was one of those games that had like a bunch of just random like Marvel characters. Like they kept coming back to like Omega Red and like Silver Samurai. You know. Yeah, they just throw really fucking weird Marvel characters into those games, though. I mean, we don't need to get into the most recent one, but... No. (laughs) That one was by far, like, the most random one. So, anyway, I like to revisit, potentially, what the 90s, like, the 1991 hot take on the Russian war was, because, like, according to this, like, it just ended in, like, complete obliteration. Yeah, I mean, I wish I knew a little bit more about the dissolution of the Soviet Union, but I do know that it ended with more of, like, a whimper than a bang, because, obviously, like, the Cold War, everybody was worried about nuclear weapons, and then that didn't happen, you know? Which is ironic, because we're back to worrying about that. I know, we're back to worrying about a lot of the same fucking shit again. If one of these countries, including our own, has a fucking, like, giant metal robot man with tentacles, I'm out. (laughs) (laughs) Not all the other shit that... Not all the other racist bullshit and, like, like, neo-Nazi bullshit that's been happening. The guy with the tentacles, I'm done. I'm I'm leaving Earth. Because this guy could destroy multiple countries in like a day seconds like he is i mean maybe that's sort of the metaphor here is that omega red is like a nuclear bomb that was what i was wondering too was that i was like is he supposed to literally symbolize the nuclear threat of russia 
but I mean, I, don't I think know. so. I think that's the that's what I'm thinking it is because that's the impression I was left with at the end of the episode. So, but what's weird about it is that they have him attacking his own country. Like, they do why? have that because I don't know because they felt like if they could destroy it, they could rebuild it from the ashes, like fucking sure, apocalypse. I, but I think story wise, it's because it's less scary to have it be this other country than to have Omega yeah. Red coming and invading America. Like that would be also that would be a really complicated. I story. still don't understand. How this dude is the, the a symbolism of mass destruction. His powers are fucking tentacles. Like know, that's it. I know. I know. It's he like not Magneto have, who can like rip apart power. a city. He doesn't have like fire. He doesn't have any no. of that shit. He can only destroy people like one on two because he has two tentacles, so he can destroy two <laughs> people at one time. But it's really fucking slow going. So and it, like you don't even really see him like destroy anything with his tentacles you just see people like wind up in a lot of weird like tentacle porn instead yeah like that's what's I mean, happening the in closest this. that happens is that rogue actually does end up passing out from the tentacle things but i don't know yeah. if he kills anybody and also like the thing that's really destroying russia and all these other countries is like the tanks and the other robots so like do they even need this guy no they really I don't, don't i don't get it i don't get this episode and i feel like it wasn't well thought out and it was just kind of like predicated on sort of typical red scare propaganda and even that's then how it's I feel pretty like it out of too. date because it was like the 90s and so people weren't even really scared of the soviet union anymore so it's just like a weird thing but you know whatever it's fine i mean anyway. it, was, it definitely came out during the time that we still had maps where it said ussr and not yeah, russia totally like that it, and so I like mean, it's not like people had totally forgotten about the soviet union but yeah no and i don't know if like the production team had intentionally made this to kind of like sort of educate kids about the fact that <laughs> russia was a nuclear threat but i i, I, really I think it's more think like so. I really think it's because more just like the PTSD no... of the showrunners. That's yeah, what I think. Maybe. But I mean, there's so... no fucking history in this. Like they had opportunities here to like talk about that that they did not take because I mean, I think they were like, that's too risky even for this show because this show already takes a lot of risks and to then immediately go into like Cold War Russia, like directly after the Cold War maybe was too much. I don't know. I yeah I don't know either I I would be curious about that I mean maybe if we had that X-Men book we would know more about the yeah. approach to Russia but I feel like it's something that the comics maybe did more of I mean obviously Black well, Widow I think, yeah, and the comics, Dark Star like, yeah. and all those characters were influenced right. by Cold War politics as well which is why we had so many characters that were Russian spies or Russian defectors during that time period in comics because it was like a cool storyline to do you know so I kind of get why that theme is still around and maybe it'll come back again since now we have to worry about like <laughs> you know <laughs> Russian things happening again and maybe it's not even like just Russia at this thing. point it's just like the world I know I know all right Another point of politics that you touched briefly on was how there was the Friends of Humanity attacking that mutant yeah. lover. And it was just like them attacking a guy of color. And that's straight up all it was. I know. I know. It just it actually did make me really sad. And I was kind of like bracing myself for that to be the whole episode. And I was almost relieved that it ended up being a goofy episode because I was like, I am so sad all the time about the world. I'm up yeah. for watching the Friends of Humanity beat up some people in the show. But like, hee. I was kind I of just, relieved I've... when Colossus showed up and it just became goofy. But like that, uh, that part of the episode was just straight up sad and scary. It, and it was, yeah, I felt the same way because I was like, whoa, this is like 100% that I'm reading in the news 
right now. And like, yeah. I don't know. I don't remember this whole being like a whole threat in the 90s. And maybe it was. But if it was, it was not it like was. top headliners there now. Were not, or, there were not like roving gangs of Nazis in the night. Like that that's wasn't what's happening here in this very scene. And it's very weird. I, and they use, really they use excuses like you said you thought they said they said he was a mutant lover. I thought that they said he was a mutant. Either way, he's like just a dude that is of a different ethnicity and they're just all over that shit it just made me sad and i know that like people just nowadays will attack anybody who's wearing a turban i don't know man it made me sad i don't have anything deep to say just you're sad and depressing deep to add you know what though it does do that thing again where the x-men is still a relevant a political show three decades later and it and still I works do like that pretty consistently they've put jubilee and sometimes storm into these scenarios too as opposed to like just the white mutants i think it's yeah. cool and i don't know if it was intentional but i don't know i, I mean we anyway. see a lot of storm and jubilee on this show and like i feel like they are kind of front and center with rogue and Gene, Scott, and even Wolverine are kind of like background characters so far on this show. I think maybe that's going to change because I think just the fact that everybody loves Wolverine so much is going to eventually overtake this show as it does every X-Men property and who could blame (laughs) the world. But um, for now, I really like that the show is still has its cool Jubilee moments just because I just think it's neat that you have this like Asian heroine who's like rushing in and being like, I'm going to be brave enough that even though I'm like a child, I'm going to take on like five Nazis and like try to kill them. Like yeah, pretty much. that's so cool. And I just, it's so much more intense to watch that now it's like and be fucking like, goals, man. imagine yourself like skateboarding up to a convenience store and you see a bunch of Nazis like beating up a Sikh in a turban and you're like fuck i gotta get in there and kill those guys like imagine like being jubilee man it's pretty fucking great (laughs) it's great i love jubilee on the show goals man goals i yeah seriously i want to be that person but you know it's pretty scary also i don't have superpowers but you know what (laughs) i just think it's cool i think it's cool that like this is the hero that they were showing to kids even back then when it was like pretty low stakes and like watching it now i'm like i wish i could be like jubilee and <laughs> that's crazy i, like, I mean i, I know, know right i whatever I, I mean you know that jubilee is like my x-men other half if you know like you have to choose a character that's most like you it's like your jubilee. jubilee or like archangel i'm definitely more of a jubilee mm-hmm. than archangel now i was archangel I was in my about to teens say you're kind of sure. like archangel like on this show in your teens but we've we've talked yeah. about that in the archangel episodes if anybody wants to go back and listen to those yeah the archangel monologues yes that's a video on our YouTube channel. No lie. Anyway, nope. are there any other politics in this episode? Probably not. I, I really don't think so. I mean, no. <laughs> Great. I mean, we tried. We did the best that we could. I'm sorry you know, that we you couldn't know do who better. didn't do their best? This episode. <laughs> this... <laughs> yeah, get out, asshole. Anyway. No. Um... I think it's a filler episode. It's and I call I said that was going to happen because I was like, yeah, you were like we're coming up on like five filler episodes in a row. So because there were some really strong episodes in a row, so now we have to like fill it in with like some bullshit. So oh, no, well, well, we try to entertain even when the show doesn't. And plus, I know we have a bunch of reader mail, so whatever. But first, we're going to talk oh, about an X Men. We are. Who's that? X. So in this episode, we were introduced to three characters, and you would think that since this is an Omega Red-themed episode, I would choose Omega Red, but I chose not to do him because there's two characters in this episode that we will never see again, 
in any other incarnation of the animated series. <laughs> Great. But as I explained, Omega Red keeps coming back in all the iterations of the TV show, including this one. So we will have a chance to dive into Omega Red if we really care or if you really care. But I chose to do Colossus's sister, Ileana, because yeah, this is I had the a only you would pick her. I yeah. I mean, we all know that I like Ileana. She's great. I mean, she was part of the New Mutants, and she's not on my top twenty. Yeah. But not because like I don't want her to be there. There's just too many By people the way, on my is top. Storm on your top. 20? Yes, Storm. Okay, so we got multiple emails and tweets yeah, at us to, after we, we released the back. last episode where people are like, uh, "By the way, you talked about her." Is Storm on Ryan's top 20 list? And I was like, I'm glad that there are this many people as into my top 20 list as I am. Yeah, I mean, if you're a new listener, then Ryan has a running list of his top 20 X-Men. And as as we've done the spotlights, he's been revealing what they are. And we did Storm last week and you forgot to reveal which which numerical value yeah. Storm has uh, Well, she ranks 20. as number nine on my list. And I wow. would, would rank her even higher up, except there's just so many... Again, there's so many characters that I love in the X-Men mm-hmm. more than her. Not because she isn't great. I love Storm, but there's it's just like... there's so many great characters. I mean, yeah. yeah, that's the problem. <laughs> uh, so <laughs> Is it a problem or is it just something great about X-Men? It's something anyway, great about Storm's X-Men. at number nine. So those of you who are keeping track yep, and we fill know out that your there's bingo at least cards. one person who actually is doing that, <laughs> to feel least. free to fill it out. Yep, and uh, she's great. Uh, Magic is not on my top 20, but she is in my shout-out section. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay. Just because I'm going to say I love Magic. I do, because there's characters. I just, I couldn't, I ca- I'm capping myself at 20 years, so we're never going to get move on from that. So That's uh, really funny. I, I hope eventually, someday, once we've revealed everyone, we'll, you can show everybody like the full list. Oh, my God, I will. Reference. So, yeah, Magic, her uh, code name is Magic, and... I wanted to do her because this version of her on the TV show was really fucking weird and nothing like her character in the comic books at all. And she never reappears on this show and she never made it to X-Men Evolution or Wolverine in the X-Men. But they had planned to get her onto both of those shows. But like she was a season too late. Ugh. I know she was huge in the 80s and then not so big in the 90s, but then has kind of resurfaced again in the past like decade or so and has become a pretty prominent character of the X-Men. So I think it's important that we do magic. Go for it. All right. So her real name is <laughs> Ileana Rasputin. Um, she goes by other code names besides magic, such as Dark Child, Light Child, or like the Dark Child Archmage. She is the brother of Colossus and Michael Mikael. I don't know how you pronounce it. We we had the same problem I when I did Colossus. Mikhail. Yeah. Um, her Mutant power is teleportation. She has these like teleportation discs that she uses and like can kind of throw and create around her. And other powers she has are like sorcery and magic manipulation. She wears mystic armor. She has this soul sword that's bound to her soul. It's basically so, soul caliber. Pretty She's much. She's Ivy. She's part of the X-Men <laughs> and then was a prominent character of the New Mutants and then later on the Hellions. She was born on that farm in Siberia, Russia with her brothers and her powers manifested when a tractor almost ran her over. And, or she, her powers didn't manifest. I'm sorry. Colossus's powers manifested when he saved her from the tractor. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then at six years old, the villain Arcade, who sadly doesn't make an appearance on this show, but it is kind of like a famous 80s X-Men villain kidnapped her and a bunch of other people so the x-men would be forced into fighting dr tomb uh when she is freed by them they bring her back to the x-mansion where she goes and lives for a while 
And this is where shit gets fucking crazy because Ileana is a fucking crazy character. And like, you know, you thought Colossus's story was fucking weird. This one is like all over the place, but like in all the fucking goth ways you want it to be. So Ileana is basically pulled into limbo, which is that space between hell, earth and heaven. So she gets pulled in by this dude named Velasco. I don't even know if that's how you pronounce it. I just pronounce it that way. And he wanted to bring forth the elder gods to rule earth. And he was, like, creating this, like, medallion that needed five bloodstones from by corrupting Ileana's soul. So he, like, basically took her at that age and started torturing her. But in that world of Limbo, Ileana was rescued by that world's version of Storm. And then the Limbo version of Shadowcat, just known as Cat, kidnapped Ileana from Storm and trained her in hand and sword combat. They both stormed Belasco's Citadel, where Cat was transformed into a feline demonic creature for her to fight and then Belasco forced Ileana to learn black magic when she was back in his holding he gets about three parts of like that bloodstone he needs to make out of her soul and then Ileana creates the soul sword and she basically defeats Belasco and takes over Limbo as the ruler and she banishes Velasco and claims his servants as her own. Whenever she wields a soul sword, she grows these horns, tails, and a fang. Like, all this sounds like something I would have written in high school, by the way. Yeah, it's, no, it's definitely, like, a particular genre of, it's, of and comic. It's, I know, and it's fantastic to me. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. At some point, she returns to Earth, but she's a decade older because time passes differently. And she joins the new mutants, and she's with them for most of that run. And then Ileana accidentally misguides one of her teleportation discs and accidentally sends her and Daniel Moonstar to ancient Egypt for a while, where they're aided by one of Storm's magical ancestors. That kind of confirms that Storm is sort of magical and mutant. Right. And then when she gets them back to their present time, Moonstar forgets all of that. And then at, at some point, Ileana starts growing this armor on her skin, and it happens whenever she's using the soul sword. Basically, at some point, she gets the new mutants and her stuck in limbo. And to get them out, she has to create this, like, big fucking portal. In doing so, she unleashes, like, all of Limbo's demons all over the fucking world. And so she just goes back to limbo to rule the monsters and, like, so they would stop going to Earth. But fucking Wolfsbane's like, no, I'm not having any of that. We're going to go get you. And so they, like, make her get rid of the soul sword. And then after that, they find, like, a seven-year-old version of Ileana inside the husk of one of the pieces of armor. But then it's not really explained that, because then eventually, like, she's still, like, the older version of her anyway, so I don't fucking know. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Because of her mystic bond with Limbo's version of Shadowcat, the Soul Sword comes back to Earth, and it looks for Kitty Pride. But after a conflict with Necromancer Grave Moss... Amanda Sefton gets the sword instead, and then she goes to Limbo and becomes that version of magic and goes and rules it. Meanwhile, Ileana goes back to her parents in Russia until they are killed by the government so they can use magic's ability to defeat a psionic being known as the Soul Skinner. After all that shit, she goes back to the X-Mansion with Colossus. So that's the shit I was talking about before, where I think they were actually right, pulling right. more from Ileana's story than Colossus is there. That makes sense. And it's also like in the animated series, their parents still get to be alive because it's too dark. Yeah, otherwise. it's too dark otherwise. After that, Ileana contracts the legacy virus and dies in the X Mansion. That's pretty much where she dies. And Colossus later on is investigating weird shit in the mansion and finds one of her old uh, teleportation discs that is magically bound to the school. And he's transported to this like pocket of time where he has a memory imprint of Ileana who tells him to like sacrifice himself to save everyone. So 
he takes the Lakers virus so they can get the antidote and then he dies. Mm-hmm. Uh, they both stayed dead for like at least a decade. Yeah, like, I remember I don't this think... from the Colossus episode. Yeah, I remember like 2000, like how shocking it was that Colossus and Liliana were like still dead and like they stayed that way for a while. Then meanwhile, Belasco shows up in limbo and overthrows Amanda Sefton. I, I believe he kills her. And he sees that Ileana like reappeared at some point during the House of M thing, and he's like, oh, I still want her. So he pulls forth the remaining essence of Ileana held within Limbo's dimension, which takes the shape of Dark Child, which is the semi-demonic version of Ileana, but corrupted by the black magic. And Belasco still doesn't think she's good enough and, like, banishes to her another to another part of Limbo. God, I, like, need a breather. Ileana <laughs> in her Dark Child persona, like, finds some of the new teenage X-Men Basically, she finds some battling demons. She uses this a spell to immobilize them and steal a portion of Pixie's soul because now she's trying to create the Bloodstone and Soul Sword so she can get herself out of this fucking bullshit. But she does not complete the process because Rockslide stops her. And because of this, her Pixie somehow gets magical powers also, which isn't very well explained. But they're both magical and have teleportation together because Ileana ends up teaching her that spell. And then together with the New Mutants, they defeat Belasco, hopefully once and for all. Then Ileana succumbs to the Dark Child persona. Uh, She goes back and takes over Limbo once again and announces that she wants to become a god. But then after having conversations with Colossus and Kitty, who she loves very, very, very dearly, she decides that she's going to reclaim her soul instead. She then teleports to Xavier's mansion to find them, but only find that it was destroyed. And I put in parentheses, what else is new? (laughs) Then during that time, Belasco's daughter, Witchfire, goes and takes over Limbo. So there's like all this fucking like politics about who's the fucking like dark god of hell going on here. Uh, Ileana somehow finds her soul sword as in Nightcrawler and she takes it back uh, and then becomes Ileana, not Dark Child. Uh, But then Colossus realizes that Ileana no longer has any emotion. And I'm pretty sure that's still like a thing or close to it anyway. Like still going on, you mean? Yeah, I think like she got some of it back, but like it's still like... She's still still pretty emotionless these days. (laughs) Yeah, pretty much. And Ileana goes back to Olympo once again, where Witchfire captures her and tries to do the whole fucking soul-binding bullshit with the amulet. Like, can we just get away from this fucking amulet already? <laughs> uh, the X-Men and Nightcrawler find Ileana Witchfire's castle, and they see that they're actually releasing the Elder Gods for real this time. So they defeat Witchfire, and all this fucking crazy shit happens with the Bloodstones and the amulets, and magic teleports everyone back to the X-Men base. Ileana transports all the X-Men and the New Mutants, to save them from Norman Arsborn's forces, Alcatraz at one point, to their new home in Utopia. And at another point, they end up building the X-Mansion in fucking Limbo, because why fucking not? Mm-hmm. That was actually the most recent thing before they put it in fucking Central Park, which is also stupid. So <laughs> when Hope and Cable come to the present, Bastion starts to eliminate all the mutant teleporters with this, like, fucking gun he built. And he fires it at Miliana, but she ends up, like, creating this portal she can't control and, like... This fucking tentacle monster is like pulling her back in and then Pixie goes to save her. And then later on, Pixie is kidnapped by Project Purgatory. And so they find out that she's a limbo. So then they have to go with Ileana to go to limbo and save her, uh, in which they find out the government or something is like trying to fucking put infants in there and train them to attack them. And they all I can't even explain this part. I'm just going to skip it because then fucking Legion shows up. Uh, We're almost done. I swear. After all this, Ileana admits to Scott that she's been putting X-Men Earth in danger multiple times because of her personal vendetta against the Elder Gods. Scott says that she needs to be restrained, and she accepts this and agrees, kind of like um, Winter Soldier did in mm-hmm. Winter... Not Winter Soldier, uh, Civil, Civil War. War. And so she's basically put in this new, new like, X-Brig below sea level where 
she can't use her powers, and at one point Colossus and Kitty release her to help them defeat the Juggernaut. And then, like, after the events of the Schism storyline, uh, Scott put her on the Extinction team, but only takes her out whenever they're on missions, kind of like Suicide Squad. And then she's possessed by the Phoenix Force, where she gets upgraded to her abilities, and she fights fucking Dormammu, because why the fuck not, and ends up sucking all of Limbo's energy into herself and destroys Limbo entirely. And then she regains total control of her powers and recreates Limbo anyway. Oh my god. <laughs> like, back to fucking back. <laughs> now she's just running around with the X-Men somewhere. But that's that's why I was like, this cartoon is a very different um, <laughs> version of Ileana that I know. <laughs> so do you have like specific arcs that you would recommend? I've read some of these just over the course of reading X-Men compilations. Like here and there, um, I'm like, oh, yeah, that sounds familiar. But most of it, I haven't. I mean, like all the important stuff with Ileana happened back in the 80s when she was like just a kid that gets trained in fucking Lindo the first time mm-hmm. and then goes to join the New Mutants. I think that is when she's at her fucking peak. I got to just read more comics from the 80s, man. It's the best stuff. Like it really I mean, it is. It really <laughs> fucking is. I mean, I like that they keep on revisiting the Limbo shit to like be like, what's the fucking politics of Limbo right now? Mm-hmm. But in the long run, it's like not as good as like her original story. So uh, and, like, a lot of this stuff happened, like, either in the 80s, and then she was gone, and then she came back in that weird period of time where comics were, like, really fucking bad, which was, like, <laughs> from, like, 2005 to, like, 2012. Yeah. Because yeah. there, there was a period where Marvel, like, was just having, and still having that fight of, like, oh, we make successful movies now, too. Yeah. But, I mean, you know, there's House of M stuff that's in there that's good. Yeah. Post-House of M stuff. Uh, yeah. No, I agree. I'm not saying that it was all bad, but it was definitely, like, a weird period no, time for I know, comic books and that that end up rehashing a lot of the old stuff from the 80s so they did like a run of new mutants again like not that many years ago and like it was just like bad top to bottom in my opinion i think some people have enjoyed it because it was like the return of their favorite characters but like it just was not like that version of new mutants that i knew and loved because the original new mutants is kind of like iliana where it's all more like a horror yeah <laughs> so like I... that movie that's coming out isn't like it's definitely different from how they all meet, but it still is retaining like that I sort of environment. The people who made that movie read the original New Mutant stuff, though, because they talked about that in interviews. I just was worried yeah. that the suits were going to make them change all of that because it sounded like that was going to happen. But I'm hoping that's not the case. Although well, you never we'll, know we with see. Marvel these days, because because <laughs> because importantly, she's going to be played by Anya Taylor Joy from Maddie's favorite movie, The Witch. <laughs> I, I do think that that actress is good, though. So I do, too. I have nothing against her. So I hope like this is a better breakout for her than that yeah, that I movie, mean, which most people love, but movie. I do not like The Witch. I'm, so. I'm not a huge fan. And if you want to know more about that, you can listen to my other podcast on Atomic Blue Productions, which is Let's Watch Two Movies. We watched that movie. Uh, but anyway, that that's a good casting. It seems like it could it be is. good. It is. And just as like a quick bonus round, I'm not going to get into her backstory. I just wanted to do a shout out to Dark Star. Because we're never going to see her again. I know. And she's and more I mean, of a fucking Avengers character than she is an X-Men character. But I just want to say that she does have like some powers like Dark Force Manipulation, Flight, Teleportation, Concussive Blasts, and the ability to create solid con- constructs composed of Dark Force energy. Mm-hmm. And she is part of like the Russian Avengers. Except they're, since they're the Russian Avengers, they're like evil versions of the Avengers, <laughs> essentially. Yeah. But she does, like in the cartoon, she ends up flipping sides and ends up 
working for the other side and i don't although i don't know this, i think the last i saw her she was version, hurtled off into space so yeah although this episode know. version is like a very very shortened version of that and i guess she's never gonna come back i don't know that's too bad no you know what's funny though is that when you're watching agents of shield last season and like they had all this stuff going on with like ghosts at the beginning of the season yeah. and like and it was like a dark matter machine and like we for real thought dark star was going to be involved but then it was like here's fucking ghost rider and i was like what the fuck but <laughs> you know because i just don't find ghost rider that interesting of a character however the way that they wrote him into agents of shield was pretty great and i liked that actor playing him so i'm forgiving it i just really wanted it to be dark star so yeah that would have been cool but yeah i guess Wouldn't it, didn't it? Happen. yeah more ladies nope no can do no, I mean they already have like two female characters that are like badass so on that show. That's out. like, yeah, they had to get rid of their Mockingbird was there, and they're like, that's too many. It's just like the ratio of men is like it's like three to like six men, so we need to make it to like two to eight men instead. Yeah, that makes a yeah. lot of sense. I mean, it is a TV show, and you know what? You know what? The ladies yeah. getting ideas, you know? Yeah. So yeah, that's Ileana, everyone. Welcome to her fucking goth teenage phase. Pretty cool. All right, so. What's the order of our show? Do we do who's gay next? Right, we can read No, let's or? let's rate it. Let's rate the episode oh, okay. first. Let's let's rate the episode at this point in the show. We rated it. I don't know. Like, should time. we do gay? I don't know. Um, uh, I'm gonna give it like okay. a two out of five. I give it like a one point five. Yeah, I don't I know. Mean, it's guy. I don't feel really like it deserves a one like, because it's not. It's not like as bad as fucking like I laughed at a couple points. Wolverine in Alaska, no, it but isn't. it's and like And it's not as bad as the other Colossus episodes that we've seen pretty much across the board, yeah. so it could be worse. This is out of 5x's by yeah. the way. So, so it's you're giving it a 2, I'm giving it a 1.5. So if you want to skip this one, you can. Yeah, it's definitely skippable. Like there's fun I would parts, say watch but... it just I would say just watch up to Jubilee on the skateboard and all Jubilee stuff. And then you can turn it great. right off. Yep. <laughs> Unless you're really interested in seeing the post-apocalyptic robot war, war of Russia that happened in, during, the, during the Cold War. Yeah, well, like, right after the Cold War, yeah. You know, in the mid-90s yeah. when Russia was destroyed, we all remember. We remember that. Yeah, that was clearly. real. That definitely happened. History. <laughs> um, so. Who's gay? Who's gay? Who's gay? Yeah. The I don't know. Uh, I, um, I, uh, I, I, I mean, I guess. I mean, Xavier and Magneto, they might, yeah, they might I was have to say, win because they might be the gayest in this episode. I, probably. I do give a shout out to like whatever's going on between Omega Red and Wolverine. I don't know what that <laughs> is. We history. still don't know. They can be the runners. They have up. some sort of like ex-boyfriend history. Mm-hmm, like, because mm-hmm. he just started to be putting fucking tentacles around him. And he was like ah there's fucking tentacles in my butt i also enjoyed wolverine like shouting omega red by himself in the x mansion and then storming off into the night i always enjoy a good wolverine storm off in like talking to himself so i don't know i'll give them you know magneto and xavier still really fucking gay in this episode 
you know those I mean, two those two men they're definitely married they and... were definitely extra gay in this i mean they landed underneath a rainbow they did they out. landed underneath a rainbow and then immediately after landing and waking up had a conversation about why they haven't killed each other yet and how they just can't seem to bear to even though they and then like we're talking about the geysers between them <laughs> i don't know there's just so many geysers between those two <laughs> anyway so listeners do you have any suggestions as to who was gay in this episode? Because I sure <laughs> as hell don't in. know what to say. Write uh, in at at gmail.com. But we've already got some really good reader mail that I want to read. So, reader mail. I like how I call it reader mail, even though they're not readers. It's fine. Yeah, but you know what? That's because <laughs> fucking Gita at the beginning of all this was like, when we did Insomniacs in the morning, Yeah. she's like, make sure you do reader mail. And we're like, okay. And then we just called it reader mail forever. I mean, I don't think anybody says listener mail. Well, I think they. <laughs> you're right. I listen to um, I listen to Retronauts, and they always do reader mail on there. So well, it's I think we're gonna that's keep calling it, it reader mail. Yeah. All right. So we've got some good emails today. Uh, today in general, we have some good emails, guys. Yeah. And they're all from you because you've been we writing got two into... emails that like really cheered me up. Well, technically three because Clara sent two, but we got two great emails. Yeah, we also have more. So oh, what? Okay. All right. So settle all in, right. settle in for some mail. <laughs> the first email is from Nate, who I can't remember if he's written in on the show, but I know that he's been commenting on our YouTube videos yeah, for a long and time, on Twitter and stuff. So he's a yeah. he's a longtime fan, and he writes. Hi, Ryan and Maddie. I just finished the latest step of The Mutant Ages, whatever it takes. Excellent episode of the podcast, as per usual, and I really liked the episode of the show as well. It was a bit disappointing that the three plot lines of whatever it takes never actually intersected, but I did think it was cool that all three threads were thematically about gay relationships. Storm and Rogue, Wolverine and Morph, Xavier and Magneto. I love how our readers or listeners just uh, take it as a given that every like he doesn't even break character from that like he just says no it's like they're all three about gay relationships and the rest of the email is just like taking that as fact because like that's the canon of our show you know what i think it's really important i i think it's great i think it's fucking great anyway keep reading (laughs) Okay, I have to wonder though if the professor's. Pl- oh my god, I forgot what this was that I just I remembered. I already email. read this email. This okay, email. <laughs> so I have to wonder though if the professor's plot is actually all in his head. Perhaps while Charles is freezing to death under a massive pile of snow, he's imagining everything he wants coming true. I mean, one, he and Magnus finally get together. Two, they're alone in a tropical paradise. Three, Charles can walk again and is and is unbelievably physically capable. Four, neither of them has mutant power, so they no longer have to argue about the mutant cause. They could just bone down in in their jungle hut for the rest of their lives. (laughs) This really seems like Xavier's dreams all coming true, which makes me think it's not real. How else are they going to explain a big jungle existing in Antarctica? Also, a non sequitur, every time I watch a Ryan Snaps video on YouTube, I think, yep, Ryan really needs to play Mr. Sinister. He's perfect for it. (laughs) You get that from the Snapchat? (laughs) Oh, man. This is like... Okay, so first of all, 
I love this theory so much, and I'm so sad that it is not going to come true, but it's... Maddie really wants it to be canon, like, nobody's business. I really, really like it, because it's super funny to me, and I especially like the comment about, like, them not having mutant powers. I just... That sealed the deal for me. I was, like, sold on this theory. (laughs) Also, secondly, if people haven't checked out our YouTube channel and Ryan's YouTube stuff, it's really funny, so you should watch it. Oh, my God. I just think it's funny, because... Like, even dating back to when we were teenagers, like, us and our, like, circle of friends had a running gag that, like, I was Mr. Sinister, mm-hmm. and, like, I would do and Mr. Sinister impressions. Has been and now it's, like, a running gag with our fans, and it's, like, on the internet now as a thing. And now it's, it's like, really oh, that's... gonna happen, right? Marvel and I hope Fox, so. once Listen, they make a deal, that you guys deal is need to, It's up you. to you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, I hope so. They reached out to me, were like, we've been watching you all a lot, and I was like, I know, I've been videotaping it from the bushes, <laughs> bitches. <laughs> oh my god i don't know so we have so a that, bunch more thank emails, you but that was a wonderful I, email and i it really was it a lot. then claire emailed us again i'm not sure if i'm going to cut it down or not we'll see i'll just read it yeah but it's all fucking really good so i know, I know. <laughs> she <laughs> she wrote hello maddie and mr sinister <laughs> yeah i remember that part <laughs> i don't <laughs> oh my god this is fucking amazing that's two emails on a row now that have people have re- said i am mr sister i can't breathe holy shit thank you this is like the world's greatest compliment <laughs> all right um i'll start with the obligatory sorry for the long email i meant to write a few times but kept putting it off so now you get a frankenstein of a three or four messages is one. First, i wanted to th- say thanks for the shout out and the until death do us part part two episode I was listening to that during the drive back to my apartment from my parents' house after Thanksgiving, and it made those seven hours way better. Yay. I actually thought of you guys while I was at home for the holiday. I was doing yard work that my parents needed help with and spent the entire time I was using the leaf blower pretending I was Storm. I love this. As I was controlling the wind. I'm going to do this also. Anyway. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I know. I mean, like, I'm not going to lie. There's times that I date back to when Katie and I used to role play and, like, literally pretend the X-Men were with us, where I'll be, like, walking down down the street and be like hmm if the x-men were here this is what we would be doing right now so i'm right there with you hell yeah but clearly i want to be mr sinister so i mean there's that so you'd be videotaping them from the bushes of course yeah pretty much i mean like what else is do i have always i'm always vlogging so there's that i do need to preface the next points by saying that i haven't been able to watch any of season two since it left hulu I want to let you know that it's actually still on Hulu. I don't know what the deal is because it was like gone it's, and then yeah, it was yeah. back it's briefly and it still back. says it's expiring. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I think this has to do with all the weird fucking Disney so bullshit too. with the streaming so and they don't know what's going to get streamed where, Fingers especially crossed. now that all this Fox stuff is like up in the so air. watch it while you can. <laughs> yeah. With that said, I think you guys did a really good job talking about the first three episodes, in particular, the relatable horror of the Friends of Humanity. I didn't. She also wrote of slash against humanity since I kept fucking it up. Um, I didn't feel like I needed to see them in episodes because, as you pointed out, we've seen exactly that kind of group holding rallies, attacking people, and using deceptive media tactics to try and portray themselves as heroes almost continuously for the last few months. Mm-hmm. The scariest element in all of this is to me is the fact that ultimately the X Men don't exist, and that the responsibility to combat these ideologies falls on common people like us. Although, to be fair it would be partially accurate for me to describe myself as an X-Men. So that's kind of fun. Anyway, if I keep writing about that, this will be a very dark email. What I really want to talk about is Morph and Wolverine. And Wolverine <laughs> and Morph. 
I don't think a line from a TV show that I haven't seen has resonated with me more than Wolverine yelling, Where's Morph? When Scott and Jean are having a romantic moment. Every time I found myself in an awkward situation that I wanted to get out of ASAP, I've screamed that in my mind. Um, I know it's official Mutant Ages canon that Logan was looking for his boyfriend. I love that she also refers to Mutant Ages canon. <laughs> we're like, we're just nailing it today. I just love it. Uh, but in that moment, I had a very different reaction to it. It felt much closer in that moment to the Blink-182 Where's My Dog lyric from Decentry Gary. Like he, had, he just needed some comfort after seeing the girl he had to crush on with some bland jock when obviously Gene belongs with Logan in his mind. At that point, Morph and Wolverine's relationship felt very close to Riku and Sora's from Kingdom Hearts or some other less interesting platonic friendship between men. I like the Riku and Sora thing. I do too. When, once we said that, I was like, oh, I'm on board. Ryan, remember we, like us several years ago when we were really into Kingdom Hearts? I mean, Kingdom Hearts 3 is still on its way, and I'm like it's desperately someday, waiting for it to but happen. I mean, what no one knows is that Ryan and I are like former, you know, Kingdom Hearts super fans and shippers. Like super fans. Mm-hmm. Like we there some, fucking there cosplay some that shit. There's of Ryan as Axel and me as Namine, so. Yeah. Those, I mean, I was like Axel in those, spirit for a full year straight. <laughs> those cosplays are out there anyway. They are. We'll post some pictures sometime. Maybe, maybe we'll just post it on the Patreon. Uh, we're almost done here. Since then, they met in a bar in South America, had an extended play fight, and Morph transformed into the nominal object of Wolverine's desire. This got me thinking a lot about the relationship. I feel like Morph transforms into Gene as a way to teasing Logan about his continued pretense of being a straight man. <laughs> I also feel like he had been doing that for a long time. I'm pretty sure at this point that the picture he's looking at in the sad Wolverine meme is actually of more pretending to be Gene, <laughs> which I think makes way more sense given the fact that it was like out of nowhere unless you consider it that way. So that's fucking amazing that she even came up with that theory. I like that theory, but I think that pictures of Gene and Scott together, so... Is Scott that's fucking true. Morph as Gene? I mean, maybe that's Wolverine <laughs> and Cyclops cosplay. I don't know. I mean, there's also... It's the, a weird roleplay thing they do. There's so much. I also still ship Wolverine and Cyclops, although that hasn't been really happening so much lately because of all the Morph stuff. But there is, of course, the headcanon that Wolverine is looking at Cyclops in that photo. That's true. If you guys do have a Mutant Agers, I like that, Mutant Agers meetup at Aresia, be sure to tweet about it or put it out on Patreon newsletter or something. I'll be on the Cape coming out to my parents that weekend. So if that goes really well or extremely poorly, I may have time to duck out early and swing by the convention. Well, well you should. Way, you're and welcome. And as a reminder, guys, we will be at Aresia 2017 in January. I mean, 2018. Well, yeah, oh my we'll God. be at Aresia back in time 2017. in 2017. <laughs> this is an X-Men show. And speaking of that, we'll be speaking on X-Men panels. We will or about be. X-Men politics and Legion. And mm-hmm. I'll be talking about on another panel about the MCU. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. also and doing January a panel 12th on makeup. to 15th at the West and yep. Boston Waterfront. And so you should come visit us. And even if you don't have a ticket, maybe we can do a meetup that's like at the restaurant yeah. by the hotel or something yeah. so that people we, can see we us. We definitely do something like that. I don't like know. We've had, we've had at least like two people who say they actually do want to meet us. So that's terrifying. That's pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so oh, come on. maybe we'll do that, I guess. <laughs> um, and she did a follow up. I forgot two small things. Light spoiler warning for Stranger Things season two and number one. I don't know if you guys watched stranger things season two but i started off oh we did right after the episode where you talked about mr sinister and the long lineage of queer-coded villains and what do you know but here comes billy to act like a jerk 
obsessive over Steve Harrington and never look at any woman. Mm-hmm. Nice to know we are still hitting the same tropes as 30 years ago. Okay, yes, but that's yes. like seriously been an ongoing problem, especially like we're lucky that we get like outed gay characters. Like we're lucky that we got fucking Korra. I know. Honestly, thank God for Legend of Korra. But and I mean, then, we need and then, more stuff. We need more. We really stuff. do. Anyway, and then she asked a question: "Is like, is Storm and Ryan's top twenty list, which we revealed, but she's not the only person that messaged us after the last episode." <laughs> I was like, "Uh, so Storm on there? Because it kind of sounds like she should be." So yeah, she is number nine. Okay, one more email, and this is fucking amazing because I just got it like today. Yeah, I like, don't know what this email while says yet. No, it came in like after we started recording. Oh, um, it's from Drake, and it says petition for Ryan to play Mister Sinister. <laughs> <laughs> is that all? And it's just a link to like a petition, which I guess we'll have to post somewhere. Oh my god! But is I it guess we guess <laughs> yes. Holy shit. Guys, please sign this petition. Please sign this petition. I need to be Mr. Sinister. Oh, my God. We'll put it in the Mutant Ages, like, link, like, on the page on the SoundCloud. But we'll also put it up, like, on our Twitter and stuff after this episode comes out. How does that sound? It sounds It's important. Well, and we'll remind everybody to go and sign it. Please. This is amazing. Thank you. I, like, I can't believe that, like... (laughs) This ongoing, like, thing of me being Mr. Sinister is now extended into the rest of the world. It is very <laughs> funny to me that something that's been a joke between us for, like, ever is now something that at least a couple hundred people know about. It, it's kind of on that same note as when we posted that uh, teenage movie we made, Demon, God, yes. and I checked on it the other day, and it's, like, almost at 2,000 views. I'm like, oh 2,000 people have watched this? I was like something we made with our friends like when we were kids we're almost coming up on the plug section now so i guess we can go ahead and say you should check out our youtube channel because we we made an x-men parody when we were like 14 and 15 and it's terrible and hilarious and it's called d-men and there's also a really bad sequel called d2 that you can watch (laughs) you probably should because it's fucking stupid and funny and there's a bunch of other fun stuff on our youtube channel as well uh, live action stuff and and uh, edited versions of the cartoon with us talking and it's just good. You should check it out. Yeah, you should At check Atomic it out. Blue and, Productions on YouTube. Yep, and we'll be making more videos, especially after I move, which is undecided as to when, but it's happening. And It'll Maddie probably and I happen after make the more holidays shit. sometime, and and you know after yeah. Arisha, but. Plus, obviously, we're going to, like, make a video of ourselves at Arisha. Da-doy. I mean, yeah, duh. But I think it's important to follow us on there because we'll be, we'll be oh, posting yeah. a lot more in 2018 for sure. So mm-hmm. I'm so excited also, for that move, Maddie. I'm so excited. We do. Also, we have a Twitter. It's the Mutant Ages, and we're individually on Twitter. I'm at Mitty Myers. And I'm at Ryan Pagella or Mr. Sinister. Oh, wait, no, wait. Actually, it is at Ryan Pagella, but I think my screen name still says Mr. Sinister from Halloween. I mean, just keep it that way. That's who you are. I think I have to. I mean, especially if you have a petition for it now. I feel it's the right thing to do. It would be, like, very funny to me if that petition got any traction whatsoever, which it won't because, like, no one knows who we are. Which, by the way, if you want people to find our show, please recommend it to a friend. Give us an iTunes review give us a give us a comment on soundcloud or a subscription because that's how people find our show and also find out about the petition to allow ryan pagella to play mr sinister so it's very important guys that'll be really oh, great so important i oh, i wanted to make mention well that too but i wanted to make mention that leaving itunes reviews does wonders because it does if you like okay so like say i pop open like my podcast app the one that is already on your iphone and you subscribe to apple podcasts channels. Yeah, yeah, and you go and look at, you search for the Mutant Ages. 
when you go in there, it says there's like a star rating and you can access all the reviews for iTunes there. So basically you can re- access reviews pretty much anywhere. And like the star ratings really help. Yeah. So if you're too shy to write out a review, then a star rating would be great. But also if you write a review, that's really cool too. We've read all of yeah. them and people are really nice. So it's cool to get those. And you can email us stuff too at the mutantages at gmail.com. And clearly we'll read it no matter how long it is. Hell on here, so. yeah. Um, also, I want to say that Patreon recently changed their policies so that there's like all this unfair charge extra charging of people now and it's fucking bullshit and uh if we end up setting up like something else some other way for you to donate then we'll let you know but for now we still have a patreon obviously just do whatever you can afford every little bit helps we always appreciate our low donators and we're sorry yeah. that patreon changed their policies to add in uh, like yeah. taxes and there's a, there's the just fuck. some weird shit rolling out everywhere patreon's fucking up okay cupid's fucking up it's everywhere <laughs> okay cupid is destroying the, our you, lives <laughs> <laughs> oh god okay cupid is america's omega you know red we don't talk about enough on this show how painfully single we are let's not start now because no you know what because ryan's gonna date wolverine Guys, fun fact my okay cupid does say if you look at wolverine look like wolverine messaged me but i'm probably gonna delete my okay cupid so you won't ever see that that's i that's too bad wolverine won't ever see that though is the i'm thing. sure wolverine can't use fucking okay cupid well let's be real you're right you're fucking he's right. fucking old dude Wolverine's like, gonna have he, a podcast soon though like wolverine would only have an okay cupid if like jubilee and kitty worked together to set him up on it and then explain to him what it even was the and then like he wolverine would never turn it on need it he can get laid in his own home i mean that's true like he is okay cupid whatever <laughs> so true okay anyway <laughs> thank you for listening to our show yep uh, it was certainly something us, oh my um, god please do and I guess we'll just, I don't know, see, see you, you some time? other day. I mean, is there anything else? I don't think no, so. I don't think so. See you. Well, yeah. See you next time. I'm Mr. Sinister. Follow us at atomicblueproductions.com. Or support us at patreon.com slash Atomic Blue Productions.